Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this month's episode of What to Watch For, the March edition. My name is Matthew Moore. I am the editor of Above the Fold, and I am joined around the table with a great group of writers here. Um, so let's go around the table and introduce ourselves and what we write about for Above the Fold. Hey, I'm Blakely Mangini, and I typically enjoy writing about music, but sometimes other things. But music's my favorite. I'm Nicole Moore, and over at Above the Fold, I write a lot about the church, and I've written a lot about Ferguson and a touch of feminism in there, so a lot of stuff. I'm Danae Mangini, and I write about odds and ends and who's its and what's its, um, including <laughs> sports and church-related things. So we'll just stick with odds and ends. Excellent. All right, well, thank you, ladies, for joining me today for the podcast. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into stuff to talk about. So first thing on our agenda is a brand new album from a trio of sisters called The Staves. Um, the Staves are a trio of British sisters whose harmonies will give you hope in music again. Um, I'm always someone who loves the way harmonies sound with relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any of the rest of you feel as passionate about that as I do. For sure. But I love when relatives sing in harmony because there's just like that special connection there you just feel. And the staves certainly fit into that category. Um, this album, which comes out on March 23rd, is called If I Was. And the producer for this album is Boney Bear's Justin Vernon. What? And wow. so... Yeah, this it just is a gorgeous That's record. Cool. It sounds so good. And if you've listened to any of the earlier music from the Staves, it's typically very minimalistic, very folksy, just like acoustic guitars, a little bit of piano, and just like the three sisters singing in harmony. This has got a lot more layers to it. Um, it's got some horns thrown in there, a little bit of synth thrown in there too. It's just a really cool-sounding record. Um, so we're going to check out the first single right here, and this is a song entitled Blood I Bled. Suffering as I suffer you, will be tired hearing you speak of pain. If I was, if I am, if I did, if I So next up, we have Blakely. What do you have for us uh, for this month? Um, this month, there's a show coming out on Netflix called Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And it looks really hilarious. And I'm seeing smiles across the table that, of people I'm who really, are interested I'm in really this. excited about this one for um, sure. It stars Ellie Kemper. And She's you my favorite. know her from... She's my favorite. She's so my favorite. Cute. Bridesmaids. Yes. And The, the Office. Office. She's yes. my favorite. Anything else? Yeah, she was just in something else I watched. I should have known what it was before I made that bold claim. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you've seen her around. I've seen her around. Um, but in this show, um, she is coming out of an apocalyptic cult. Yes. And she's been a part of it for 15 years. And then she's like thrown into the real world. And it looks hilarious. And um, Tina Fey's involved in this. Isn't yeah, she? she's one of the producers. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
she and another guy um, who were the executive producers of 30 Rock yeah. are producing this show. And you'll see, um, J- uh, I don't know how to say your last name. Jane Krankowski. Krankowski. I missed an N. Yeah. Also from 30 Rock. Yes, she'll be in the show. And then um, the guy that plays Defuan. Oh, I don't know his name. On 30 Rock. I don't know his real name, he's but he's Defuan. But he's going to be... Um, Ellie Kemper's roommate, I suppose. I would just like to add in that I saw her on sex tape. So there's oh, that. oh she was in. She's on okay. sex tape, so. So now you know. Um, but yeah, it looks really funny. It's on Netflix, so I think everything's being thrown out all at once, which is awesome. You can kind of watch it at your own pace. Um, but it is going to be available on Netflix starting on March 6th. So that's, it looks really hilarious, and maybe we can throw in a clip of something funny you might hear from the show. Hey, Red, you're making me wish I was those jeans. Well, I wish I was your yellow hat. So speaking of Netflix shows, um, can we just spend a minute and talk about how fabulous it is that Netflix is now doing original television? Yeah, we can talk about that. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Netflix original series. I haven't watched them all, obviously, but I'm someone who likes to wait until a show is done before really getting into it so that I can I binge watch it. Yes. I don't deal well with like the tension and like the anxiety of waiting a whole week. Scandal, I watch religiously, and it kills me. I uh-huh. think about Scandal every day. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Shonda, if you're listening, partner with Netflix. Yeah, for real. No, that's something I really loved about Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. When it yeah. first came out, they just threw all 13 episodes on there. And I feel like they just really embraced the idea of, you see a lot of times with television, like I've been watching a lot of Friends recently, and you can feel that like the script was written for television because they knew when the commercial breaks was going to be, so they kind of would take a joke and they would end it and then like build it into a next one. But I feel like producers with Netflix shows have, you've really seen them lean into <clears throat> taking a joke and expanding it and you see it a lot in Orange is the New Black where some episodes might be like 48 minutes and some might be like an hour, hour and a, like oh, hour weird. 10. So yeah, you, you really see that like they're kind of taking full huh. advantage of that. Does anyone here watch any Netflix original series besides Orange is the New Black? House of Cards. House of Cards. Cards? Yeah, are you a fan? Yeah, I love House of Cards. That's why I'm so excited about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, Kimmy Schmidt, because I've never watched a a Netflix comedy. Oh, really? I've only watched, like, dramatic shows. So I'm excited about that. Really excited. I also heard, I don't remember where I heard this, that Netflix is committing to producing, like, hundreds of shows a year or something like that. Just, like, tons and tons of originals. So, like, they're going to be more frequent now that they're going to have Netflix yeah. originals. I think, I think they've, they've really seen some huge success with House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, which are two of their like forerunners for that style of, of TV on Netflix. And so um, I think they've seen such huge success with that that you know, they're going all in, and I think it's a great idea. Okay, so Nicole, what are you watching for this month? I'm literally going to be watching a movie that's coming out this month that I am super excited about. And it is Insurgent, which many of you might recognize that name. It's based off of the trilogy, the young adult trilogy by Veronica Roth. And Insurgent is the second part. Part one was released last year, um, and it was called Divergent. And so I will say that I 
I have no shame. I love young adult books, and I'm not a young adult. Well, I am a young adult, but I don't think I'm the person they're writing for. <laughs> I think they're much younger. And so last year when Divergent came out, I actually took my 12-year-old cousin. I, like, snuck her out at midnight to go watch Divergent with me, partially so I wouldn't look so weird being there, like, a grown woman by myself watching a kid's movie. It's not kids, though. Anyway, all that to say, Insurgent's coming out Friday, March 12th. No, it's not. <laughs> Insurgent is coming out on Friday, March 20th, and I will definitely be in line, probably ordering advanced tickets. Uh, it's got a killer cast. It's got Shailene Woodley, which let's just stop for a moment because I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> I don't know if you've kept up with her in other venues, but have you, Danae? You're yeah, looking at me like you have. So she's like a really good actor. I really yeah. appreciate her acting. She's talented. talented. But also, she's like a really strange individual. She's yes. super strange, which is kind That's of makes it better. Like she like doesn't she like grow all her food? She doesn't. No, she, get this. She doesn't grow her own food. She forages for it. Oh, that's right. what I think they call it. She just goes around <laughs> California and like goes to forests and finds her food. So you go, Shailene. Oh I support this. Wow. And she doesn't wear like makeup and if she has to wear makeup for movies or like events or something she's very like hippy dippy about it very granola <laughs> only like all natural products like Man. you know very natural she's super cool and she has like all these very sh not strange but unique beliefs we'll go with that and so if you haven't googled Shailene you should just stop now and google Shailene Woodley um she's excellent and wonderful but alongside of her we have Theo James who is gorgeous and he's so like the, the main guy he's yeah he plays four which is her her boo thing he was on Downton Abbey <laughs> yes yes he As was Kamal Pamuk yeah. and I saw him on the preview <laughs> for Divergent and I was like Kamal Pamuk it's you yeah he's back and he's awesome. shirtless because they don't do shirtless scenes in Downton Abbey but well, they he was, do he was oh he was oh, really <laughs> yeah <laughs> He was. He's because the it's come off the move. There you go. So there's also Zoe Kravitz, which yes is Lenny's daughter. Bam, um, bam, bam. Also <laughs> Naomi Watts and Kate Winslet. So all in all, they are shaping up nicely with a great cast. So if you watch Divergent, you'll know that it ended at a weird place. There wasn't much closure. There wasn't any closure whatsoever. Um, they kind of just rode off into the sunset. But let's just say her parents just died. So what are they doing now? We're all wondering as we. Uh, prepare to see Insurgent. Four and Triss are kind of, they're together, but Four tried to kill her like 20 minutes before the end of the last what? movie. So what's up with that? They don't know if they have a home. There's an evil woman after them. They found out their whole life was kind of built on a lie. And so there's a lot of questions that are that have been raised from the end of Divergent. And so this movie is all about Triss, who is Chailene Woodley, the main character. Uh, in this movie, it's all about her trying to find the answers. And so it's going to be a thriller. I'm not sure if you've seen the uh, preview for it, but it's it stresses intense. me out every mm -hmm. time I see it. It's like yeah. them flying through the air. And I will just say, as someone who read these books and reread them twice, that part was not in the book. So Whoa. what about I'm the excited. train thing? The train thing? He, like, oh my gosh. runs and jumps across the, the tracks horrible. from the train. Yeah, yeah. Is that real? Like, was that in the book? Yeah, that's that in the book. Is, that's that horrible. That, that is real life. <laughs> is that a real train? Yeah. Did he really almost die? Yeah, he really almost died. So I'm really excited. It's definitely going to get your blood pumping. And I will also just say that as someone who's from northern Illinois, I just really love that it's based in Chicago. I don't know if you know oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. But the whole book cool. is based in Chicago. They all kind of moved to the middle of 
the country. And so it's uh. funny to like hear them make their journey and for me to speculate where they actually are. Um, wow. So if you're a Midwest nerd like me, you might enjoy it even more. But yeah, Friday, March 20th is when that comes out. And I think most people would enjoy it. Cool. There you go. Thank you very much, Nicole. All right, Danae, what do you have for us this month? I'm really, really excited to be talking about a book this month. The book is called Savor, and it is by Shauna Nyquist. A little bit about Shauna, she's one of my favorite authors, and uh, if you're familiar with Willow Creek Community Church, that's in Chicago. It's kind of one of the like first mega churches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, her father, Bill Hybels, is the lead pastor there and founded. I never knew that was her dad. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Really? that's her dad. Is, I learned guys. something new today. Wow. Yeah, it's so, bizarre. Yeah, so Shauna has written three books prior to Savor, um, and they're all collections of essays, and they're really kind of in that genre of like finding like deep meaning in everyday life. Mm-hmm. And so one is about like celebration and happy things. One's kind of about more of seasons when life's harder. And then Savor is actually a devotional book, and so I'm really excited about it because devotionals typically are terrible. I'm really just cheesy. Say, heard yeah. that. Just terrible. And so I'm excited because she is an author that a lot of people really appreciate. And so she's striking out into this kind of genre that That's cool. we don't get a lot of new, exciting books in. Yeah. Um, so it's got 365 devotions in it each day. Um, there'll be a passage of scripture. There'll be a short, less than an essay, but a short essay, I guess. Some of them will be from her previous books, and some of them are brand new. So there's kind of a mix there. And then at the end, she's either going to end it with a question or a prayer for each day, which is really exciting. Um, I just know a lot of people my age have kind of given up on that idea of, like, doing a daily devotional or, like, you know, we just – there's not a lot of good stuff out there that people feel like is helpful. I will say this book is probably more for women – I'm not saying, I haven't read it yet, but I'm guessing it's going to be more towards female, but um, it's just exciting to have a young, relevant author yeah. doing yeah. this. So That's cool. Um, that comes out on March 10th. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and probably a lot of other major booksellers, but I mean, obviously Amazon would be the easiest place to find it. I'll just say, as someone who works in discipleship at a church, we get a lot of people who crave that kind of devotional style book, and it's really hard when people come up to me and they want to have one because I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. But I have started recommending this, like, months out. I've been like, just wait, in March, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a great one. And they're like, can I do something now? And I'm like, follow Shauna on Twitter and (laughs) (laughs) and get ready for March. Twitter devotions. Also, also... I almost forgot. There's going to be some recipes in it. What? Of one course. of her one of her books is all about food and spirituality, and so she's including some recipes as well, which That's is cool. unique. And Any exciting. word on if they'll be new, like original, not in the last book, or do we know? I'm not sure. I also read on her blog something about the way that you can like unlock more recipes. Ooh. So I don't remember all the details, but check out her blog. It's just uh, com, and you can... And I'm sure Shauna is listening right now, hey, so Shana. if you are, just put a comment at the bottom and let us know. Right, just yeah. hit us up, Can I Shana? just say that some of my favorite recipes are from Shauna Nyquist. I make, like, multiple things. Um, I make her Michigan chicken casserole. Google mm-hmm. it right now. It is so good. Or 
her enchilada recipe from the book was really that. good, and she recommended it wasn't a formal recipe, but she talked about it, I think, in the enchilada chapter, which sounds like a really weird <laughs> chapter. It's really good, but she recommended, like, when I'm busy, and I, she has two sons and a husband, she's like, we always just do, like, quesadillas with barbecue sauce and black beans, and that has become... That's where you learned that? Shauna Nyquist. That is, like, my favorite dish. My um, husband thanks you. Because that is now our staple dish. So. It is. That's these definitely. recipes are going to be the best. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Danae. I almost called you Nicole. And Shauna. Try that one more time. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you so much, Danae and Shauna. Um, so next thing on our list is an album that I am super excited about and have been for probably 10 years. Um, really? More or less. Oh, I'm serious. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Sufjan Stevens is most definitely one of my favorite artists of all time. And That's I have awesome. I have always loved his music. It's just so unique and so awesome. And m- one of my favorite albums of all time is his 2005 album, Illinois. Yes. Part of it's probably because I was born and raised in Illinois. And so I love just all of the you know, uniqueness of talks about everything from Jacksonville Mm -hmm. to Decatur to Highland, Illinois, to Chicago and Kashmir Pulaski Mm -hmm. Day and just all of the uniqueness Mm -hmm. of it. And for five years, he didn't put out an album. And then in 2010, when I was in college, he put out The Age of Odds. And I listened to it and I hated it. And I just, it was before I was really into like, synthesizers and electronic or kind of music and I just I couldn't listen to it and I just was not a fan of it and it's really grown on me recently and it's mostly just been because I'm excited about his new album that's coming out um so on March 31st the very end of the month Sufjan <laughs> is releasing a brand new album called Carrie and Lowell and Carrie and Lowell is his mother and his stepfather. Oh, and like Lowell? Lowell, yeah. Okay. I don't really know how to pronounce I that you word. Said Lowell. I think it's, yeah, Lowell. I think it's Lowell. more like a Lowell. 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 Sufjan, how do you say it? <laughs> Let us know. Thank you Leave for listening. Leave a comment at the bottom for us, Sufjan. <laughs> and so this is his first folksy album in 10 years. So you literally have been waiting. Okay. Yes. I thought you were just being really hyperbolic. <laughs> no, like, it has literally been okay. 10 years since he's put out a folksy album. This makes sense now. That's going to be awesome. I am so excited for this. Um, and if you if you know anything about Sufjan at all, you know that he's a very wordsy kind of person. He actually has a master's in English. And so wanted to be a screenwriter and couldn't get away from music and so he ended up um, becoming a musician instead. And so um, in the press release for this album it says, let no one say philosophy is dead for here is a 44 minute meditation on mortality, memory, and faith. Hmm. So I, am, I cannot tell really you. Cool. Any more than I have already told you how excited I am for this album. Sounds like it's going to make you smarter when you listen to it. Oh my gosh. It Like, if you ever want a history lesson on Michigan or Illinois, <laughs> seriously, go look up those albums right now because they're just so cool to listen to. So uh, we have a clip here from a song of his, and let's check it out right now. 
One thing I've always wondered about Sufjan Stevens is this whole state thing. Like, he has Michigan and Illinois. Is he ever going to do more states? Why did he choose those two? I don't know. Well, from what I've read, and Sufjan, you can correct us in the comments <laughs> if I'm wrong, but it started out as a joke that he was doing Michigan because he's originally from Detroit, Michigan, and so he had this love for his home state, and... I'm not really sure why he chose Illinois next. There might be some real reason behind it. I'm glad he did because I learned a lot about the state of Illinois thanks to Sufjan Stevens, like John Wayne Gacy. Right, I didn't yeah. know yeah. that he was from Illinois. Such a crazy song. That is a crazy song. Oh, that's so good. Oh, man. And so um, maybe he'll Isn't choose... Is he the guy who killed people? John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. yeah. He's in, isn't he in Pontiac? He was in Pontiac Prison. That's why I know him, because I grew up in Pontiac, Illinois, and he was in Pontiac Prison. That's so, crazy. Whoa. Sufjan, you taught them something, but you can't get me. <laughs> I already knew. But If he were to do another state, what would you guys want him yeah, to, that's do a great his, question. to do an album on? <laughs> this will tell us a lot about our contributors here at Above the Fold. I think it would be cool to do a state like Idaho, like a state you don't really think yeah, a lot about, Wyoming. but there's probably a lot of history there. Like when people think of Illinois, obviously none of us are from Chicago. So when people think of Illinois, they always say, oh, well, how close to Chicago do you live? And none of us... It's be like right. seven hours. Like from Nicole Chicago. lives, what, an hour and a half from Chicago? Yeah, and Blakely lived decently. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Two hours. But, but so, like, Danae and I did not grow up yeah, anywhere no. near Chicago. And I've so. I have been to Chicago like a handful of times. Right. Ever. I had actually never been to Chicago until my senior trip. We went mm -hmm. to Chicago. So it was just really cool to be able to learn more about Illinois as an Illinoisan. Mm -hmm. I've got a state pitch. Let's hear Which it. Which one? Florida. I was going to say that too. Wouldn't that be Why? Why Florida? Why? Well, because I think. Everybody hates on Florida. They think it's like a state for old snowbirds, which it is. Full disclosure. I was just going to say, my Florida's the worst. I go, <laughs> Why would you pick that? It is. It's, it's pretty miserable, but also wonderful. It's just cheesy enough that uh -huh. it can make a really good indie folk album. But also, there's like some really beautiful stuff in Florida. I don't yeah. know if you've been there, but like, I think it could start off as an idea of being like, haha, it's Florida. Like, how cheesy and weird. But I feel like. There's some real musical depth that could come from the state hmm. of Florida. In That's my nice. Opinion. See, my reasoning was much more sassy. And mine was what just like, it? I would love to hear a song about snowbirds. <laughs> I would love to hear like a song about alligators. I would yeah. love to hear songs about like... A Disney-influenced song. Yeah, like Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Disney versus Universal or something. Mickey you know, that's, my mine's all just sassy. But there's I think like that'd be hilarious. There's wilderness stuff in. I yeah, mean, like that, the Everglades. some swamp uh -huh. music yeah, involved. There's the swamp. I mean, swamp there's music. the key swamp music. That's going to be a whole new genre. Watch out. You heard it here first on Above the Fold. Swamp music 2015. Humidity songs. Oh, yeah. Just flies like, and alligators. Yeah. And flies. Weird accents. <laughs> I love it. All right. 
Well, Blakely, you have one more thing for us, right? Yes, I do. Um, and this is something that I have been, much like you and your Sufjan <laughs> expectation, <Obsession. laughs> I have been obsessed with this guy since I saw his video on YouTube a long, long time ago. And I can't even remember when that was it's that that happened. a little creepy. But yes, stalker to the max <laughs> because... Um, well, I'll tell you who, who he is. Uh, Kevin Alushula is his name, but he usually goes by KO, which is a relief for all of us. We don't <laughs> want to say Alushula because it doesn't look like Alushula either. Um, but anyway, he is a cello boxer, which means that he plays cello and beatboxes at the same time. And he was kind of not that well known. His YouTube video kind of blew up when it first came out, but then he gained a lot of popularity with Pentatonix, yeah. mm -hmm. the acapella group. So he was the beatboxer, is the beatboxer for Pentatonix. Um, and he's actually played cello on some of their um, music videos and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. There was one, um, I think it was Radioactive was the song that they covered. Mm -hmm. And he played cello, and then they had Lindsey Sterling, my arch nemesis, <laughs> come in and play violin. <laughs> so that's a story for another time if we don't want to talk further about that. <laughs> But um, this EP is called the Renegade EP, and it's coming out March 10th, and I think it's going to be really awesome. Um, he's doing three covers, and then he's also re-recording Julie O, which is the song that he recorded and put on YouTube, um, and that was like his jumping point for fame, I guess. And then he is including one original song, and that's where the title Renegade comes from. Um, but his three covers, I think he's doing Stay With Me and um, the John Legend song that I hate. All of you. Yes. All of you. Yes. All of you. He's doing All that one. Us. So I'm, I'm like willing to give him a chance and like hopefully he can sell that to me without me being like, this is the worst song ever. <laughs> but I think it's going to be really good. He's an excellent musician, really great cellist. And that's coming from a, a music snob. Player. Yeah. Well, let's just throw that out there. The world loves yes. the cello. Like I the, play yes. the upright bass, and I have probably been asked, <laughs> I would say 300 times in my life, if I, they're like, oh, I just really loved your cello. And I was like, that's not a cello. And they're like, oh, I thought it was. It was so beautiful. What? The bass isn't beautiful? <laughs> no, cello. only the cello. Love yeah. the cello. It's, it's true. Good. It is definitely the most beloved string instrument to the non-musicians yes. in the world. Because everyone thinks that if you play the cello, you put a cello on any album, it's automatically ten times better. Yep. Has it always and, been that way? Because I feel like that's a recent development. It definitely is. I think like within like the last like five or ten years, yeah. it's really like grown. That you see. Well, I think a, a lot of like <laughs> pop and rock music really wanted to make themselves seem more legitimate, and so they thought, well, let's more get a string instrument. Cultured. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Culture. I don't know. I would also argue that it's not a new thing because I think the cello has always gotten away with getting the best, coolest pieces. Hello, <laughs> Bach cello suites. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. the best. Everybody knows that like right. piece of music. If you play that on any instrument, everyone's like, yes. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of music that's been written for a lot of instruments that. Bach wrote a lot of other things, Blakely, right? right? Yes. Blakely knows this I, more than I do, yep. that people would never recognize. Right. But the cello suites, mm -hmm. mm. they all know. The world loves the cello. <laughs> and so do I. <laughs> and so does KO. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right. 
Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of What to Watch For. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We are on iTunes now. So that's super exciting. (laughs) So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you keep track of all of your podcasts. This podcast is edited and produced by Jeff Allen. And a big thank you to my co-hosts, Blakely, Nicole, and Danae.